We'll be reading again from John chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. John chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. As I mentioned, we want to explore this discussion just a little bit uh, further tonight. As Jesus spoke of abiding in the vine and producing fruit. A little bit of clarification always helps us out. We want to go a little bit further into this discussion. John chapter 15, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will desire and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. And you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. These things I command you that you love one another. Let's pray together, please. Father, we thank you for the words of Jesus. And Father, we ask that we would consider them worthy of our attention and worthy of our obedience. Remind us of these things. We'll need them again. And we ask that you would bring them to our mind. And Father, they find their place in our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm sure, of course, if I'm talking to the Sunday night crowd, folks who would get up and make the effort to come to church twice in one day, I think you can all agree with me that every word that Jesus spoke is important. Every word that Jesus spoke is worth our time to read. We can all agree with that. Every word that Jesus spoke is worthy of our obedience. We can agree with that. But these words are of notable importance. Here's the reason why. As we mentioned this morning, Jesus spoke these words to the disciples after he left the upper room. It's also night. He's going from the time they spent in the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane. That means in less than a few hours, Jesus will be taken from them to be arrested. He'll be taken from them. 
His time with them as they have known it on this earth is just a few hours away of being ended. In less than 24 hours, Jesus will be in the tomb. These words are important. These words are worthy of perhaps a double take. They're some of his last moments with his disciples, and these are the words that he considered worthy to give them in his last few moments. First of all, we look and see the priority of love. He mentions it twice. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Verse 12, verse 17, these things I command you that you love one another. Now, if someone's going to give us some instructions, and especially if someone's going to command us to do something, they really better have some credentials. Have you ever heard of somebody coming up and maybe trying to give somebody some instructions? Maybe it's helpful advice. Maybe it's just they want to boss them around. You ever want to throw the hand on your hip and say, you're not the boss of me? Well, a lot of times that's what people feel. Well, Jesus has the credentials when he says, this is my commandment that you love one another. And he says this, you love one another, listen to this, as I have loved you. And then he says, greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. What did Jesus do less than 24 hours later? He laid down his life, but he did not lay down his life only for his friends. He says, greater love has no one than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. But then he showed us love beyond measure. In the book of Romans, familiar passage of scripture, we like to, to add this on to this passage of scripture about laying down your life for your friends. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6, familiar passage of scripture. It's all marked up in my Bible and probably yours too. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, having been justified by his blood, we will be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we'll be saved by his life. What's he call us? Ungodly, sinners, enemies. Christ died for us. That's, that's love beyond human calculation. Human calculation can say this, man. A guy lay down his life for his friends, that's real love. Someone to lay down his life for his enemies, only Christ could do that. That is a God-size love. And so he has the credentials. Earlier, he mentioned this. This is not the first time he gave them this commandment. And he gave them this commandment Earlier in the upper room, 
And he says this is positive evidence of true discipleship. Look in chapter 13, verse 34. Chapter 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that also you love one another, twice in one sentence. Love one another. Is it any, any way we can mistake what Jesus is asking us to do? Love one another as I have loved you. And then he says this, by this will all know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. How are people going to know that we're disciples of Christ? How do they know we're following Christ? He said, if you love each other, not because of a T-shirt, not because of a bracelet, not because of anything else we might say or do, the true evidence that we are disciples of Christ is our love for others. That's what Jesus said. That is the supreme evidence that we have a, a, an abiding relationship with Christ is that we love one another. Now, John quotes the words of Jesus here as a positive evidence for true discipleship. But then John turns that coin around. If you want to look at the words in 1 John chapter 4, says perhaps the same thing, but in the negative. And the words are indeed very strong. See, John was there when Jesus spoke these words. John remembered them decades later when he wrote his letter. In John chapter, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, If one, someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, he who loves God must love his brother also. Now those are strong words. Now the words of Jesus were strong in a positive way. This is how all men will know. That you're true disciples if you have love for another. John turns that coin around and he says, this is the positive evidence that you've drifted away. Is if you don't have love for another. He says, and you can say you love God all you want, but if you have, don't have love for one another, what you're saying is not true. You've drifted away. Now it might seem that these are two different discussions. Jesus spoke earlier of producing fruit, of abiding in him and producing fruit. Now he's giving them this commandment that you love each other as he loved us. Mentioned it twice. But it's really part of the same commandment because this instruction, this commandment to love each other underscores the absolute necessity of abiding in Christ. We understand that the love Jesus expects us to give to each other 
is beyond the expectation of our culture. You remember the parable, the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus, of course, had many lessons. And you remember in Matthew chapter 5, he says, you've heard it been said. That means this is what culture says. You love your friends, you hate your enemy. He said, but I say to you, you love your enemies. And you pray for those that use you and spitefully treat you. Whoa. That is beyond our culture's expectation. And it is not in us. To love like this, it's not here. That is why we must abide in the vine. And we talked this morning about producing fruit. And then we spoke of the list that Paul has in the book of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And what does he say that's top of the list? But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, etc. What's the top of the list? Love. Love. That's the top of the list. And only the true vine can provide that for us. Because what is in the true vine? Jesus said, I am the true vine. What is in the true vine? That kind of love. And that kind of love flows through the branch. Now, he spoke about this. By this shall all men know you're my disciples if you have love for another. I think all of us can agree true discipleship and abiding in Christ, the same thing. This is how people will know you're abiding in me. And not only this is how people will know you're abiding in me, this is the only way you can have love for each other. So I think all of us have found that some people are quite lovable. And then there's the other folks. People that are hard to love. Jesus said, love those folks. Love those folks that are hard to love and love those folks who hate you back. It's not in us. The only way we can love others and provide the true evidence of our discipleship that he said, by all this shall all men know. People can see it as if we abide in the vine. It's not in us. This morning I gave the illustration how God can take what comes out of the dirt, just something just basically neutral and bland. And the vine takes that. And by the time it gets to the branch, it becomes sweet grapes. You see, God can take us, and through Jesus Christ, what flows into our life becomes the sweetness of love that we have for each other and that we have for the folks around us. You see, that's why... Loving others and abiding in Christ and producing fruit, all part of the same discussion. And Jesus felt it important enough to be some of his last words to his disciples before being taken away from them and their world was turned upside down. So I would say it's important for us too. Is there anything before we close? Let's stand and be dismissed with a word of prayer. Pray for each other this week. Let's go out and show the world the love of Jesus Christ by loving them.